0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar
1: Heel gear.
2: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. This is our In the Trenches pod with Mike Ingersoll and EJ Wilson. Guys, we are recording on Christmas Eve. Wish you guys a happy holiday to everyone listening to this podcast as well. UNC will be playing in their bowl game on Friday. So figured we would get you guys together to talk about your bowl experiences and let's just start there. EJ, let's go ahead and get your thoughts. How big of a deal is it truly to make a bowl game, especially given the results over the, the last couple of seasons?
1: I think it's it's absolutely it's absolutely tremendous feeling. And I, and I think that's for a few reasons for these guys. One These seniors have been uh, the guys who've really kind of been there for some of these struggles. I mean, some of them may have been there in 2015 when we had that great season. Some of them may have been redshirted, or some of them just may have been around the program or watching. So they've had a little taste or or at least seen what it looks like to have a very successful and just put together a solid season. Um, And two, I mean, what, what better way to end your season? than in a bowl game. I mean, it doesn't really, at a certain point, you may be like, oh, I want to go to this bowl game or that bowl game. But the fact that you're playing and uh, when really no other games are going on and you get, just get that extra bonus time to spend around your teammates. I mean, for some of these guys, this may be their last experience of playing organized football and the last time being in the locker room. And I can tell you from personal experience, that's the thing that I missed the most. It wasn't, it, it, was, it was the small thing. It was running out on the field. It was being around your teammates. Uh, and all those things, those are the things that you really cherish, and those are the memories when you get back around your guys for reunions or alumni tailgates or some of the other things that we have at uh, in Chapel Hill. Those are the things that you talk about. I mean, you don't talk about the that you don't talk about. Oh, I had these stats and that stats in this game. You talk about the little small things. Hey, remember when we were at the uh, the dinner for the bowl game and somebody did this and just the feeling that we had. So I mean. This provides a – I think it really is a reward uh, for, for a, well, a season that was well played. I mean, I, like I was telling people, and I told uh, Coach Steinbacher this as well, this is probably the most proud I've ever been of a 6-6 six and six team ever, just seeing what these guys fought through, how they played. So I think it's, a, it's an absolutely huge deal, and I think this is something that these seniors are going to appreciate whether uh, some of them go to the next level, whether this is the last football game for some of these guys.
2: Mike, what's your take on that? What do you think it means to this year's team that they were able to make a bowl game?
0: Well, it shows
2: it shows what
0: um, what I've been saying for a while is that they're ahead of schedule, and it validates all the hard work they put in. Especially considering um, you know that this roster is made up of mostly guys that have been in the program for the past few years as it has struggled. And I think a lot of those a lot of those same guys in that locker room they have that self awareness, right? Like they understand when they look around that hey, this is the basically the the same team with the exception of a couple of players again like i've said before at key positions obviously quarterback being first and foremost but for the most part these are the same players at the same positions we've had for the past two or three years as, as frankly carolina has been on a decline and um, and I, I think it's just personal validation for them as individual players and it's validation in their in the faith yeah in in the faith they've shown in the program and the trust they've they've shown in the program and the commitment they've made personally to their program, right? It, it shows that they took ownership of their team and this version of the Carolina football program, much like, you know, I I would like to think that our class tried to do and that other classes before and after us tried to do. Everyone has pride in, in their class and they have pride in their version of the Carolina football program. And I think this just validates the commitment and the effort that they put in to that program and to make, to making it their own. And, uh, and they've left it in a better position. Now, a lot of these guys, um, they've left it in a better position today than it was when they came in, even though a lot of them came in and we were uh, 11 and one, or maybe, you know, the following year with Mitch, we were eight and four, you know, some of those guys came in during those periods. I think the, I think the program is in a better position today than it was, during Mitch's one year starting um, and moving forward. So these guys can take pride in that, and I think it just validates all that commitment that they've put into this program and the personal sacrifices they've made to, to make this season um, something that a lot of people, including myself, didn't
2: expect that it could be. And then speaking about the program as a whole, EJ, how big of a deal do you think it is going to be moving forward that UNC was able to get this bowl trip in year one under Mac Brown?
1: That's huge. I mean, like Mike mentioned many times before, they are way ahead of schedule. We talked at the beginning of the season that, hey, a bowl game would be a huge success. But anything more wins than we've had over the last couple seasons will be a success. And not only does it show in the record, I mean, it shows in the way these guys are playing. You can tell that when they line up against a team that they expect to win there's been a there were a couple games this season where I don't think that we performed up to the level where we should have been but there was all there was never a string of games where we could say oh these guys are playing bad or these guys just don't look like they want to be out there and that that could have been said for a lot of games last year and you see the recruits that are, that, that are watching us i mean our eyes, there are eyes on the program there are national eyes on the program uh, and and mike even texted me the other day with a joke that says this may be one of the first years where people are going to say i can't wait till football season and I mean, that's just a great feeling to have. And as an alumni, as a former player, that makes me proud. Even though I have no input, no fingerprints, nothing to do with this season, it just makes me happy that there's excitement around this program again. And I honestly think that there's more excitement around this program now than there was when uh, Coach Davis first started his tenure. And and we were kind of putting our fingerprint on the program and kind of changing things around. So I think there are going to be huge implications. You're going to see – one, the season tickets are going to go up next year. You're going to see – I think that the streak of sell-out home games is going to continue, and I think that we're going to have a lot more rabid fans, especially with some of the things that Coach Brown has in place for facilities as far as really setting us up in the official tailgate area, something that the fans have been begging for for years, and I think I think this is the best time to do it. So the success we're having on the field is going to permeate to other parts. You're going to see – different merchandising and all different things. So, I mean, it, it's really yet to be seen what the impact is going to be from the season, but I think there's only going to be great things coming in. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm honestly uh, – I wish I could have made it to the bowl game Friday to see these guys really put the exclamation point on this season. But I, I'll be watching from home, but I really think that, that this is really going to change the fortunes. and It's really changing how people view our program around the state. I mean, even some of those uh, fans of the school in Raleigh, I mean – I, I haven't heard any football talk, and they're oh, we're bad, and yada yada yada, and all these different things. And and it comes to the end of the season, and I'm excited, and more more Carolina fans are coming out of the woodwork. So I, I think that this is going to be it, it's really a different feeling around this program, even when we were 11 and one, and uh, we went to the ACC championship game. I think that there's still now there's more excitement around the program than it was then. So um, I think it's gonna be a ripple effect down the road with recruiting. Um, and I think there's there's just gonna be more opportunities for these players to make it to play on the next level. So I, I definitely think that it's gonna affect a lot more things than just uh, putting fans in the season.
2: Yeah, Mike, speaking about that team in Raleigh, as EJ very accurately describes them there, UNC was able to get to the 6-6 six and six wins by just beating the breaks off of state this year. And when you look at how UNC performed against their other, I guess, local rivals, it was kind of a mixed bag. But UNC was at least able to beat Duke, beat state to their two biggest in-state rivals in particular. And they played other teams real tight. Virginia was a close loss. UVA was a close loss. And then Wake Forest it is what it is there, but Wake is not really recruiting at the same level as UNC. So with that in mind, how do you think UNC will build upon this season moving forward? Yeah,
0: well, the, there, there, was a lot of, um, a lot of positive things to take out of, out of this season. And, and just speaking on Wake for a second, I, I saw Wake's trajectory this season, very similar to some of the teams that me and EJ played on, um, you know, a lot of, uh, not necessarily extremely high expectations coming into the season. After about two or three weeks, you realize oh, this team's actually pretty talented. They can be pretty good. Um, Wake started off this year um, obviously with less losses th- through the first half of the season than most of the teams that I played on, um, and to the tune of you know, one maybe one less loss than some of the teams that we played on. But you know the they they looked very strong and then fizzled out towards the end of the season the problem that we had which is frankly what what happened to us um several times there but you know unfortunately we didn't play wake during that that fizzling period in the second half on you know the the downslope of of their season this year we played them on the upswing when the hype train was 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 rolling strong down the tracks um so wake i think was uh, not as bad of a loss despite despite that downturn in the second half of the season i don't think wake was as bad a loss as people um as people may think it is, Wake was a very good football team this year. And Dave Clawson has reiterated his intention to stay at Wake. Um, they've given him the resources he needs, I think, to win over there. You know, and and Wake's, um, if if this is a sign of things to come, Wake being good, because traditionally such a tiny little school, I mean, they're just, they're not. I mean, them and Tulsa, I think, are the smallest Division One schools in terms of student population, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, Wake being good here on Tobacco Road is... Is good for the state and it's good for the conference. And I would hope that Wake continues its ascent and they improve and continue to get better because that's only going to make the conference better. It's only going to make our strength of schedule better for the years that we play them. Um, and it's only going to make the teams that we play, it's going to make their strength of schedule better. So those teams that we beat with a stronger strength of schedule makes us look better too. That being said, I think you know they looked absolutely terrible in that Wake game, and I'm I'm harping on that because I think that Wake game might have been the worst game that they played besides the App State game. I think the Wake game was the worst game they played all year, Um and in the second half, they were able to shut Wake down, score a bunch of points, and come within a possession of maybe tying that game, and again, I've pointed it out before. I think there was one play in that game that completely changed the outcome for Carolina, and it was when Jonathan Smith didn't run past the returner on one of the early punts, and it got the returner fumbled the punt, muffed the punt, and it went behind him to about the seven-yard line. We would have at least picked up the ball first and goal from the six or the seven. We may have scooped and scored. And at that point, I think the game was seven to nothing. It would have completely changed the trajectory of that football game. Um, we didn't do that. And from that point, it was uphill sledding, to say the least. Um, and I, I think, you know, that was probably the worst showing we had. And we still almost had a, we still had a chance to win that game. It was still a one possession football game at the end. Um, so the, all of that is very encouraging. And I think Carolina can build on that because they can go in, they can watch the film and they can see the little physical mistakes they made and clean that up. You you can always, you can always clean up um, physical errors. I don't think Carolina had an issue with met with missed assignments and with mental errors, a ton this season. You'll, you always have a, you always have a, a slew of them, but I don't think that was necessarily the problem. I don't think it was a lack of understanding of the schemes that we were rolling out there and the game plans that we were rolling out there. I think it was really just a lack of physical execution, and you can always fix that. Um, you can fix the physical stuff. You can't, you can't teach a guy football in the course of two or three years. If, if you, either, you either have an innate sense of how to play football and you have an innate sense of the big picture of an offensive or a defensive scheme and a game plan, or you don't. Um, so that stuff is really hard to fix, but you can always fix physical, physical mistakes. Um, that can, that can, that, that gets fixed in the weight room. It gets gets fixed an extra time after practice. It gets fixed in the springtime when you're focusing on fundamentals, all that can get, can be repaired. And I think that's really where Carolina's shortfalls were this year, which is a physical exec, execution issue. And a lot of that came from youth. So Carolina can build on this because now a lot of those young guys that had to play that didn't think that they were going to necessarily have to play this year, they've gotten reps. They've, they've, they, they have film on themselves that they can watch, which makes watching film a whole lot easier if you're watching yourself instead of somebody else. Um, And it'll it'll allow them to correct those those mistakes. It'll give them the foundation to understand how to improve on that stuff. And that's how they'll move forward. So it will just be continuous film study um, and, 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 refinement of small things in the offseason and i i think if carolina can do that and under mac brown i think they will um i think these kids understand the the need for that and the importance of that i think this team will come out next year more improved i don't think they're going to win 10 football games but i think seven or eight wins is is certainly certainly reasonable especially if they come out and they at least split the first two games next year i think an eight win season next year is plausible i think a seven win season is is reasonable and should be expected
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. And we'll talk a lot more about the 2020 season during the off-season. For now, though, let me take a quick commercial break to talk about our friends at Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are longtime sponsors of this podcast. If you need any gift ideas, then you can head over to Giant T-Shirt there on Franklin Street. They have been in business for decades. They have the absolute best customer service, and they have anything that you could want for the Tar Heel fan in your family. If you can't make it to Franklin Street, you can always shop at t-shirt.com. Get that same great customer service and the same great selection. And remember that if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, you get 10% off of your order. You can get that 10% off code at the Tar Pit Premium Message Board or the Basketball Premium Message Board. So that's GiantTShirt and t-shirt.com. your place to go for Carolina gear.
1: Subscribe to Point 4, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.
2: All right, EJ, let's have a little bit of fun here with the bowl game stuff. So thinking back to the bowl games that you went to, what about this bowl game swag? I mean, what was the coolest stuff that that you got? And um, how excited were you as a player to go to a bowl game and knew that you had some pretty cool stuff coming to you?
1: I think the best gift that we actually got may have been this little camera we got from the um – the bowl game, our junior year when we went to the Monarchy Dark Air Bowl. It was before uh, videos were really big on cell phones, and I really sound old and I'm only 32. And I'm talking about before cell phones had substantial video cameras, which a lot of these kids and probably a lot of our younger listeners won't even be able to fathom. But that was one of the coolest gifts. But I honestly always appreciated the clothing. In fact, I'm wearing a pair of sweatpants that we got at the Monica Car Care phone now. So uh, <laughs> EJ, EJ loves his domo issue. Uh, there's no secret about that. But it's, I think it's, also, it's more so cool, really, to get the gear because that's something that if you take care of it, you can keep forever. I mean, I have no idea where that camera is. We also got an iPod Touch that thing is somewhere laying around in the box probably doesn't work anymore, but I can always go in the closet and grab a sweatshirt or grab a hoodie that, that has the UNC logo right beside the logo of the bowl game that be played in. And while you're, while you're in college, you have a lot of friends that may have been to the PCS bowl games, uh, but, and they may say, oh, you're only going to this bowl, but a few years out of college, you start to appreciate some of those smaller bowl games the most. And I think that the, the apparel is really the good job that UNC and their equipment staff did with, with getting us good apparel that they kind of held from us the, the whole season and we have seen some of this stuff we're like hey why 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 did you wait to break it out but i definitely appreciated that the most i mean because it's hard to go somewhere and show somebody hey look at this cool gift we got but if, if they see you wearing a jacket a t-shirt or something like that i mean that's always a conversation starter and that always says hey you guys have had a really good season that's some cool swag so that's probably the best thing. Plus, I, I got into a little uh, trouble uh, with, with my camera. Uh, <laughs> the fact that we got back from the bowl game. I think Mike knows about that story. <laughs> I, actually, I actually cost my friend a discount on uh, on his engagement ring as he had planned to propose his uh, now wife a couple of days later. So I, I think it's probably safe to only get me closed.
0: I echo what EJ said. I do know this. EJ, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, uh, it was either MAC or UNC Equipment. J-Bone or somebody tweeted out yesterday, these guys got a pair of, uh, of cool gray fours um, as part of their bowl gift. These guys have gotten wow. – this, this Jumpman deal, uh, you know, we were complaining about how in the world are we not sponsored by Jordan we should be the only team – at that time we were – in 2010 at least, we were the only team that had Jordan cleats um, in the whole country. But we didn't have a Jordan sponsorship, and we're all like, "Why don't we have a little Jumpman on our jerseys?" That doesn't make any sense. Um, this Jumpman deal they officially have now; these guys are getting more Jordans to walk around in just casual, everyday shoes than we got workout shoes throughout the year. Um, the gear I they're getting—the gear I they're getting—is pretty sweet. I sense some jealousy there, Mike. There's—it's not jealousy; it is pure, unadulterated rage.
1: I second that. <laughs> I, I second that emotion. <laughs> But
0: good – I mean, good for them, right? I mean, it, this the, those things – the stuff they're getting is awesome and it's great for recruiting and it's really good for the guys. It it, it really – it is a nice little bonus you get at the end of the year. And those those gift bags, I mean, that stuff's not cheap, right? I mean, that stuff comes out of the budget for the football program. J-Bone and, you know, Damo, who has now moved into a managerial position with the school. Damo, uh, when he was our head equipment guy, um, you know, he – they worked very, very hard to make sure that the, you know, we could get the nicest, most cutting edge stuff for that time of year, at least whatever was out, um, and get the most bang for the buck under the, you know, under the budget that they had. Um, it, so those guys don't get enough credit. J Bone doesn't get enough credit for I know the amount of administrative work that goes into figuring that stuff out. But yeah, I mean, we we usually got an extra pair of workout shoes, which were always great. I know and. Uh, 2010, we got a pair. Was it 09 or 2010? When did we get the Hurachi workout shoes, EJ? Before they came out. At-
1: that was definitely 2010. I was not a part of that, uh, that, that nice piece of swag.
0: Got a sweet pair of Hurachi trainers that have since been reissued by Nike and they're selling it. I mean, it, they retailed at some stupid price. Um, you know, we we all got a pair of those before I think anybody else had them, which was great. Um, you know sweatshirts, things like that. I still have all my stuff, and it's really nostalgic for me. And I hope that some of these guys take a similar approach. I have all of my UNC equipment that I saved, my my gear, my clothing, but particularly my bowl stuff. I have it all saved in a box in my house, an airtight box um, that I hope to one day give to my kids. For two reasons: number one, I want them to have it. It's it's nostalgic for me, and I think it would be cool for you know my kids, you know. T- 10, 15, 20 years from now, whenever, you know, whenever I have them, Lord willing, I'm blessed to have them, um, uh, for them to see that stuff. And, and reason number two is that I just don't fit it in anymore. I don't, I can't wear a three X shirt anymore. <laughs> I could barely, I mean, a two X is big on me these days. So, um, you know, some of the stuff I, I have, I, I keep it, I keep it safe and I keep it locked away, um, clean in a, you know, in a nice protected area so that it doesn't, it, it it's, it's preserved and it can be passed down. Hopefully to, you know, if I'm lucky enough to have a son, you know, to my son one day, which I think would be pretty cool. And I hope that a lot of guys take that same approach because you know, this stuff matters. You, you're very limited in the number of bowl games you get and you do always get some pretty cool stuff. That's uh, you know, that you wouldn't otherwise get throughout the year. And every game is different. Every, uh, every bowl sponsor gives you different things. So it's, it is, it is, it is unique and it's, and it's interesting. And it's um, certainly something to be,
2: Saved and cherished and appreciated, for sure. EJ, my only takeaway from every, everything that Mike said is that now he wears a medium.
1: Yeah, he tried to floss on me. I, I think that's another dig at me, and I really think that's uncalled for on Christmas Eve. We're supposed to be, I mean, this you, guy's supposed to be my best friend, and he takes every jab he can.
0: But EJ, place. I mean, EJ, i tell you what we could do. We could just swap boxes, because I know you've got all your stuff saved in a box, because probably what you wore in college will fit me now, and what I wore in college will fit you now.
1: I'm that doesn't X-Men. make Look, it better. I, I still wear my same size. <laughs> I'm still a two X man. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's okay. Keep hanging. Keep hanging on to that as
2: long as you can. <laughs> keep tell, oh, keep telling
1: yourself that lie.
2: Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with this. When you're looking at the bowl game this year, the number one thing that I think fans are kind of worried about is that UNC could maybe come into this game a bit unfocused. Because it's a bowl game. It's the sensation of they're just happy to be there. However, I think because UNC has struggled so much in recent seasons that they're actually going to come out and they really want to win this game. So, EJ, do you think that this year's team are going to have a little bit of focus issues? And how do you combat that?
1: I think it's natural. I mean, I think even the most experienced and most uh, upperclass and heavy team would would have trouble with that simply for the fact that you have to break your routine. I mean, for me, I had a routine that started really Wednesday leading up to the game. I mean, there were certain things i do to take care of my body, certain things i do on Thursday night to keep me focused in a certain way that I'd handle on my day on Friday before the game. One, this week shifted. They're playing on a Friday instead of a Saturday. And two, they're going to be out of town, sitting in a new city with all these exciting things to do and all these distractions around. It's going to be hard to stick to your routine. So I know for myself, even the second year playing in the same bowl game in the same city, staying in the same hotel, it still kind of felt odd for me going to that game on that day. It's like, I kind of felt out of place until I actually put the pads on, start hitting a little bit and actually got the jitters off. So um, that that is going to be a concern for some of the younger players, but, I mean, just watching this team, I honestly think they're going to come out with their hair on fire. So, and, and Coach Brown, he's a Hall of Fame coach for a reason. So I think that he's going to have certain things in place to kind of keep this as similar to a, to a regular game as possible. Of course, you want to go in with the understanding that, hey, this is a great opportunity. This is pretty much the championship for our season. It may not be for an official ACC championship, but it will be for the Military Bowl championship, So. I think that they're going to go into this game for the championship mentality. I think we have a, a good group of leadership, and I won't say senior leadership because Sam Howell has proven that he can, that even as a true freshman, the guys are going to rally around him, and he's proven to be a good leader. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily go inside the locker room, but just his command of the offense and his command of the field, and uh, even some of the guys on defense let me know that. These guys are saying the right thing. Coach Brown has done a great job not only coaching these guys on X's and O's, but teaching them to be leaders of men, uh, in which he was a great example of. So uh, I, I just think that, that – I, I just, I'm just confident that Coach Brown is going to have things in place to do that. As far as the players, um, I, I think this is something that they should have been thinking about a couple of weeks ago. How can I make this feel as close to a normal game as possible? How can I make this feel like any other away game where I'm going on the road, though? I think that they need to go through those motions and just have themselves ready to play and just understand that, no, you may not feel how you normally feel before a game or have that certain confidence and knowing, um, and knowing everything that you need to know. But I do think they're going to be prepared, and I don't think there's going to be a letdown. And I absolutely don't think these guys are going to be happy to be there. Um, nothing about this team says complacency to me. I mean, because the way they played against Clemson, even though it was a loss, it would have been easy to kind of turn the season in and say, hey, nobody expects anything from us. We got we we played well against these guys, so I, I'm not worried about that. I don't I don't think that's the attitude of this team. I know for a fact that's not the attitude of this coaching staff. So I'm not necessarily worried about the complacency issue. My concern is how are these guys going to react react to their routine being broken up kind of so on, but. Like I said, I think Coach Brown's been talking to these guys and coaching them up, and I definitely think the uh, seniors are gonna uh, are gonna talk to the younger guys and have them have a plan in place so they'll be properly prepared and in the right mind state when the time to strap on the pads and and, and get it going on Friday.
2: What's your take on that, Mike? I mean, I
0: have very little to add to that. I mean, I think it was a perfect re- a perfect recitation of what needs to happen and what I actually think you know this team's gonna how they're going to approach this week, uh, the the line I would take from that and emphasize is that nothing about this team speaks complacency, right? Nothing says complacency to me. And I agree with EJ on that a hundred percent. They, they didn't pack it in. They played every single game um, close. And this is an opportunity for them to finish out the season, not just on a high note, but with a seventh win, which again, people like me did not expect them to get even close to um, a seventh win and a guaranteed winning season versus a seventh loss, and a guaranteed losing season, um, you know that's. I think that's enough motivation for them. But you know, I, it, at some point though, you have to understand the reality of it, and it's that yeah, these guys are in a new city, and college kids are going to party, and they're going to find the bars, and they're going to find the parties, and they're going to go have a good time, and that's just how it's going to be. But you know, uh, hopefully Temple is taking a similar approach. <laughs> and what Ej can tell you is that we would usually see the other team out at the same bars and places that we were at uh, until the wee hours of the morning, despite mandatory curfews um, we we would typically see those guys out just like we were so it's really whoever can hold their liquor the best come game day I think is really how this how this game's gonna go
2: all right before we go let's get some score predictions Mike since you just talked last I'm gonna go to you first how do you think it's gonna go
0: um it, Carolina's got a lot of firepower Temple is a very disciplined team they're an eight win team um and they they've they've been a good team the past few years obviously Matt Rule left and he went down to Baylor and he's He's turned that around, but they've sort of kept the momentum going, much like you know, a Memphis has done. Um, so they're they're a good disciplined team. I don't think Carolina will overlook them, especially because I'm sure they're getting the App State preaching all week long. Uh, don't let this be another App State game. Um, just because you think they're a lesser opponent doesn't necessarily mean they are. They they work out just like we do. They practice just like we do. They play Division one college football just like we do. So um, I think the focus will be there and the messaging will be correct throughout the week. I expect Carolina to put up some points here. Um, you know, you've got, you don't have guys on this team that need to be sitting out this game for the draft. You got a lot of guys that need to play in order to keep their draft stock high. I would expect to see a healthier team, um, maybe a little sloppy early, but they'll start to refine probably sometime around the beginning of the second quarter and start humming on all cylinders. I would expect to see Carolina put up at least 24 to 31 points. Um, I would say this is, this is probably gonna be a little bit closer than, uh, than we'd like, but Carolina comes out with a win. Uh, let's
2: call it thirty-one twenty-one. Carolina. All right, good stuff, EJ. You can wrap up the podcast with your prediction. Go ahead, man.
1: Well, me being optimistic, me thinking that Carolina's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I will <laughs> no matter if, we're, if we if no matter what our record is, <laughs> I'm betting with my guys. But. In all seriousness, I think that we've had a lot of time to review film on these guys to really see their whole body of work and see kind of some of their trends from the first quarter to the second quarter to the third and the final quarter of the season and kind of match up and look at some of the some of the defenses and offenses that were successful against their schemes. And, and the second part of that, I think we're going to have a well-rested defense. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how some of our secondary players and how our, our first-seat defense have played a, a, a high amount of snaps Honestly, some of the uh, highest number of snaps or any uh, individual players or any individual unit in the country. So I think a well-rested defense and uh, an offense that that's, that's kind of that has confidence after scoring 41 points against the in-state rival and the chance to watch film and really see what they do on defense. I think this team's going to come out really confident and on fire. So my final prediction uh, is going to be uh, I'm going to go 35-17.
2: All right. Good stuff, guys. Well, hey, we'll go ahead and call it a wrap for the holiday edition of the In the Trenches podcast. Thanks a lot for talking to me, and we'll speak again after the bowl game. Thanks, John. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, John.
0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.